Ceiling Breakers is where we showcase everyday women doing extraordinary things. It's where we pull out the unspoken stories that validate our experiences and unify us as women. Join us as we defy the narrative and highlight Wichita women as non-conforming, patriarchy-shattering, ceiling-breaking leaders who empower us to own our own stories and live our dreams. All right, we are here at Groover Labs for a special episode of Ceiling Breakers with Audra and Stacy. Just Stacy today, Audra is out um, getting ready for her second cohort of the thread, and we're uh, missing her today, but we're excited for this opportunity. It is Startup Week here at Groover Labs in Wichita, and uh, we have a very special guest today, Lacey Leatherman. She's founder and CEO of Sip Brands. Sip Brands is home of Zip Sip, the U.S. and internationally patent-protected drink holder that adjusts to fit any type of beverage. Lacey has always had a passion for entrepreneurship. She founded both Zips, Zip brand, excuse me, and Heartland Heritage and has been very successful. She's known to have the perfect combination of drive, intelligence, and common sense. She has the ability to take complex complex concepts and break them down in manageable operational objectives. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you for being here today. I am thrilled. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yes, she's been on our list for a while. I was just telling her about that. So um, super excited set up here. We'll share some pictures and video. We've got um, awesome microphones and we're recording on um, using our Anchor FM. So we'll hopefully see how that goes. We're not doing the Facebook today, so we'll be sharing, but we'll share on Facebook and Instagram when we're done on this special Tuesday episode. So Lacey, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh man, I think I it changed a lot. Maybe that's why entrepreneurship is such a great fit. I can remember wanting, you know, from minute teacher. And then as I got older, really something in the business field, I didn't know exactly what, but I knew kind of that was the direction I wanted to go. Yeah. That's great. No, I get that too. I wanted to be a lot of things, including a radio DJ, which I feel like Ceiling Breakers helps me with that podcast. <laughs> when podcast Perfect. started, it was like, oh, I could just do this on my own. I just always thought I would really perfect my radio voice. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You grew up in Mulvane, correct? Grew up in Mulvane. Loved it. Um, I had a great upbringing. I really enjoyed you know, small town life, and I'm so proud that that's really a part of my foundation and background and just you know the values and the sense of community and those kind of things. Really, I didn't understand growing up in a small town how that would translate later in life. But I'm really thankful for for those things in my life now. So K State, and then so after Mulvane, K State, K State to Mississippi, and that was kind of. I'm glad I got away. Obviously, I found my way back to Kansas via a shortstop in Texas. Uh, it's gone about three or four years total, and then came back here. Uh, and then lived around and now have ended up back in Mulvane. Uh, really fun turn of events, huge circle, but I am working really hard to grow a business down there and, and keep that, you know, our LML Ventures headquarters here and be in Mulvane, uh, partly because I've had a couple of people tell me I couldn't. So, <laughs> I love it. You're like, you watch me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now you're now you're going to see an LML Ventures office in Mulvane somewhere at some point. Oh, I love We're it. Getting close. I was trying to think about the first time we met. I was thinking I was working at Zernco. We were I was working on the clay shoot fundraiser that they always do, and 
That's right. And you reached out or I reached out or I don't know how, but I was like, Heartland Heritage, this is fun. And just your emails were very professional and everything was just, it's like, Ooh, I like her. And then we had coffee, mm-hmm. um, in Mulvane and, um, talked about, um, which we're still trying to figure out how to partner with Hopping Gnome. I don't, the, the zip sips are, are a great thing. And I think we could, could still do that. We just, people are used to like free koozies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think we have to get people out of that mindset. We might do a fun crowler really, one or something. I know that would we'll be We'll do fun. a special edition crowler. Special people will just like want to have it limited edition. Mm -hmm. We got to do it. It's always been in the back of my head. We still have to partner. But right away, you were like all about um, creating relationships and collaborations and just um, just so amazing. So I wanted to spend some time um, where you can just tell us about your story of how you got your businesses started. You just have such a cool story. So how did it all start? So let's go back to Mississippi. So this will date me, but I was in Mississippi right about the time the clothing brands, the lifestyle clothing brands got started. So Southern Tide, there is a handful. I lost count. You can't count on one hand. You know, like Southern Tide, Southern March, Southern Proper, Southern Point Company, Over Under Clothing. All of those were just getting started. And when I was living down there in Mississippi, everybody stopped buying the Ralph Lauren and flocked towards these brands that told a story about their, just a true lifestyle brand, about what they did and their values and the imagery was Annabellum Homes and Deep Sea Fishing. And I loved it, but I didn't buy any for myself because I was still a Kansan. The Midwest was still home. And so that really, I was like, well, there, you know, there's no Midwest version of this. You know, that's okay. I just wasn't going to buy it. Um, loved it. Loved the idea. Loved the concept. So then fast forward to Texas, back to Kansas. And then I really started looking for it. a a Midwest version of a Southern Tide of Vineyard Vines, and it just didn't exist. And so that's when, you know, I was working in the insurance industry, had my securities licenses, great career path. I had done a little lobbying. That's actually probably what I would be doing if I hadn't gone the entrepreneurship route. Loved it. Um, But I couldn't find what I was looking for. I couldn't find a Midwest lifestyle brand. So I walked into work one day, just threw my hands up. I said, I'm out. I'm going to go start a clothing company. No, no background experience. Had never designed a garment. And that was really just a huge, I mean, I didn't even like tiptoe in. I just jumped. It doesn't exist. Surely I'm not special. Somebody else is going to be looking for this. And I just convinced myself if I made something that was more authentic, but just this nice, great quality and could build a brand, people would buy it. So... Um, that was the the first step into entrepreneurship was Heartland Heritage that is still in existence. We had donated to the clay shoot and it was a really fun, those first you know, kind of in the beginning to build those relationships mm-hmm. and be able to give back to, uh, you know, things like that, the charitable organizations mm-hmm. just to get the name out there. And so I had a blast with it. Heartland Heritage is really the dream. Um, I can go in and we can talk a little more about how that transitioned into SIT brands and the other companies through product development, but really Heartland Heritage is what started the whole thing. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about Zip Sips because I, I know back when we had coffee, mm-hmm. you were like telling me how this is like, you're like, I'm getting, I'm like in, getting into this patent and this is like a thing. You were going to go to Vegas to like a trade show. and early. Yeah. yeah. So tell me how this, did this just fall into your lap or how did this happen? Escalated quickly. It was a lot of work, (laughs) a lot of risk. So I was sitting here in Kansas at Interest Bank Arena at a concert and had my favorite bottle of beer and my Heartland Heritage koozie. 
And those things were my, you know, first jump into entrepreneurship. And I was, it was so attached. And it was my brand and I was so proud of it. And I could not get that, that koozie on my draft beer. My date was like, you want another one? So he comes back with a draft beer. And so I have a completely obsolete koozie that's my own brand and a cold, sweaty solo cup. And I'm sitting there like, why has nobody fixed this? Again, it's a problem. I'm looking for it. Surely I'm not the only one that wants a drink holder that fits whatever I'm drinking. And so I went home the next day. We had gone, I had gone to Hobby Lobby and my dad was a tool engineer and he did all the trigonometry to figure out how big the gussets and to make the zippers. And he really looked at me like I was crazy when I said, dad, we got to make it this koozie fit anything. He's like, oh, come on. I was like, no, dad, we have to do this. Like, this is, this is where, where we're going, what we're doing. And my dad's a great sport. So got on board and he kind of helped me sew the first ones up. And so when my Heartland Heritage koozie wouldn't fit a draft beer, that was the beginning of Sip Brands. That was the very first Zip Sip. And so that was 2017. And then we filed the patents because we, I really believed in the beginning, if it didn't have any kind of protection, if it was just an idea yeah. that we couldn't really build a, a, a business worth an investment, you know, worth something. And so we had filed the U.S. design patents. So at this point, you know, fast forward a couple of years. So we have U.S. patents, Chinese patents, Chinese trademarks, U.S. trademarks, and, and officially we now have the utility patent on a zip zip. All the other ones are really, I don't want to degrade them, but, you know, a patent is a big deal. A design patent is really kind of like a pat on the back compared to a utility patent. Mm. So now that we have that, um, you are going to see adjustable drink holders, uh, the concept with all kinds of closures, Velcro and magnets. And we were, we're going to do some really fun stuff down the road. Uh, it's just so cool. Well, and, you know, you have a very, you know, like you said, you didn't have a background in business and neither, neither did I. I know a lot of small business owners do not, but that you had the... I guess, foresight to realize you needed to have a patent. I think that mm -hmm. happens a lot to a, a lot of us. We start whatever we're doing. And I mean, we did that with the GNOME logo. Everybody knew we had right. to, we, you know, people were going to try to take that or there's tons of brewery names and, you know, home brewers have their own websites and things. So, to, you know, making sure we, we have that, but, but thinking about, you know, a lot of people were like, well, I think first, a lot of, a lot of people would think, well, we have to make the product and like, will people even like, buy the product before they even think about, you know, so that was awesome that you thought about, we need to get this because everybody else, they're going to be coming out of the woodwork and you're going to mm -hmm. see these everywhere. So that's just really amazing. And, and just how cool in small town, we were just having coffee in, in Mulvane, Kansas. And you're just like, I'm do, I'm not, I'm gonna like, I mean, you didn't say it, but I'm like, a, like she was thinking she was a pretty big deal. I think yeah. so, <laughs> it's so funny. We, that has served me well, believe it or not, that concept has served yeah. me so well. So we went to I called some mentors. I knew nothing. I was like, okay, we got this, you know, patent and we're going to make these drink holders. Like who buys a lot of drink holders? I was like, oh, promotional products industry. You always get handed koozies. Mm -hmm. I wanted every company in the country handing out a koozie to be handed out a zip zip. So I was like, ah, promo. Let's jump into the promo industry. Again, I knew absolutely nothing. So called mentors, figure out who they knew in the promo business. And so we, you know, it's just, I didn't even have anybody that could go with me. So my dad came out for a couple of days and I had a friend go and we launched Zip Zip at the biggest promotional product show in the country. And in 2019, we were actually named one of the top new products in the industry nationwide. And so that really was a kickstart to our business. Oh, so. it's amazing. So what's new? So you got into promo. I know you've worked with a lot of, you know, businesses locally, but you, you know. did Zernco. Did Zernco Zip Yeah. Zip. 
That's awesome. So what's what's uh, new? Can you tell us anything that's that's new coming out or we should be looking for? We're going to jump really hard into collegiate licensing. I've got the only product oh. in the country that will fit anything at a tailgate. So we're going to partner oh. with Red Cup News. We're really, fingers crossed, um, working on a deal with the Draft Network. So we could pull in, you know, like a Bud Light type sponsor. Uh, so we're just at Ball Aluminum Cups. Oh, yes. They're I recyclable. got to try those. Mm-hmm. I tried that at a, a craft beer conference that we were at um, in Denver. And we were like, ooh, I like reused it like yes. the whole time. Yes. So they are really spending some marketing dollars. And so we have been in contact with their business development team to figure out how we can partner, how we bring value. Because Wolf, as if it will fit anything that Ball makes. A lot of people don't know Ball makes all the cans, mm-hmm. aluminum, slim cans, regular cans, large cans. Now the aluminum cup. Um, I prediction. I think those are going to be in every stadium in the country in eighteen months. I love so. it. I love it. I love that you think big. I think a lot of times, um, even when we just talk about ceiling breakers, is Wichita, and it's it's much bigger than Wichita. It's much bigger than Kansas. And I like that you think think bigger because a lot of time, again, as women, a lot of times we think, well, I'll just start really small. And that was kind of our mindset with a brewery is we still, I mean, it's still a risk. We still had to jump in, but started really small. We didn't know what to expect, but I love that you just, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We make we have big dreams, big goals. And so far you're just knocking it out of the park. So Thanks. it's amazing. Okay. So what do you think sets you apart from other startups? It's startup week. We're talking about, you know, startups, entrepreneurs. What sets you and your business apart from others? Um, I would say, one, that I do, I think I typically dream and plan bigger than a lot of other, you know, local startups. You know, I, th- I think a lot of that came with realizing and a pressure comes with that too to realize, you know, I want a zip zip in every gas station, grocery store, pharmacy, stadium, ballpark, concert venue, promotional products company. You know, I want every college logo on a zip zip. But there's a pressure that comes with that too. So Dreaming Big was be one. Um, I think just in, I'm in good company and that a lot of Wichita, a lot of local startups do have a lot of tenacity. I think that's a very Midwest. Yeah. If you look at any startup kind of in the mm-hmm. Midwest, we have to be a little more gritty, I think. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I kind of reiterate, yeah, what I said earlier about the just yeah, thinking big, setting big goals and not just thinking small because we live in the Midwest, because using mm-hmm. that, using those barriers as excuses for not it's a mindset. going big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. So tell us how to find SIP brands, where we website, where we go, some partners or anybody that, that we can, can look for to find these. The most fun stuff. Uh, Camping World has one. You can go online to Camping World. Next year, um, we are looking to be in tractor, suppl- tractor supply stores across the country. Rally House locally, their Kansas locations. You can find any Kansas sampler, Rally House. Um, online, we are just getting ready to launch our direct-to-consumer business. So the website is originalzipsip.com. All of our social media is at originalzipsip. So you can find us there, and then that will have links back to um, – and I think that actually for now takes you back to Amazon until we can launch our direct-to-consumer site. 
Sometimes that's something I wish we would have done earlier. Sometimes I'm glad we built out the wholesale business and the promotional product business so we can kind of all, when the, when the direct-to-consumer takes off, build them together. Uh, but we'll see. We're excited to get the get the direct-to-consumer site up and running. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my next question. Anything that you wish you would have done earlier, would have done differently? You know, there's always challenges and we kind of figure it out as we go, obviously. But anything that you would that you would change or any... Um, I guess it kind of goes into, well, I don't want it to go into the advice. I'm going to ask you for your advice, but just any, anything that as, you know, we're here startup week thinking about, um, you know, people being nervous to, to take the leap, to take the risk. What are some things that maybe you would, would change or have done differently? I think what has served me well, a couple of things have served me well. And I said that before, but one of them is not having a regret kind of mindset. Like I made a decision, like we made a decision to go in the promotional product industry. That actually turned out to be a blessing because now that we're jumping into the wholesale category, I can't wish I would have started in wholesale because now what we're finding is that our ability to, the promotional products made, gave us constraints. So low minimums, very short lead times that are tough. The wholesale industry would have been easier to start. But now we have a much larger wholesale business because we're used to the promotional products constraints. So like I said, the low, you know, if you take a casino or a store or, you know, and they want to wholesale them, we can put their logo on Mm -hmm. and we can do it quickly. Um, And we aren't seeing really any supply chain disruption at the moment, thankfully and luckily. So... I think any decision I would have made really, if I would have go back and change anything, I wouldn't be where I am. And so I think it's just being confident in your decisions and seeing how those decisions play out in the big picture, you know, and having faith that it's all going to work out and you can always pivot. So I, I don't think there's really anything I would change. I'd learn, maybe learn a couple lessons a little bit faster. <laughs> um, you know, the IT side, some of that kind of stuff you know, seeking better consultants more quickly. So I didn't have to learn some of the lessons, but now I'm thankful I have them. Yeah. So. Oh, I totally get that. Yeah. You think, well, I just have to do it all myself. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned some mentors. Have you, do you have a um, mentor, mentors that you uh, frequently talk to? All the time. I I think that's key. I think also finding them in different industries. There's different Mm -hmm. types of mentors, mentors who have the actual experience and then mentors who you know, have read about it. I was listening to an audible book about business strategy. And that's why he talked about the different types of mentors. And so I'm fortunate that I do have some really great mentors. And that's one thing that I focused on early. I just love relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's one thing I've just always been drawn towards building relationships, keeping relationships. And so I'm thankful for my mentors, but I've realized I need to, and I'm thankful I have Wichita mentors and, you know, people who are outside of this community and area and in different industries. And so, you know, for me, the focus is just on always finding more. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know that's a big thing. We talk about women in leadership. Mentoring comes up a lot. And I know sometimes it's it's hard to find to find mentors, but I love that different industries. It doesn't have to be somebody who's doing the exact right. thing that you want to do. And it's hard to find. Yeah. Sometimes that's better, I think, if yeah. it's, yeah, if you have kind of um, – 
people call it, uh, other women have called it their, other guests that we've had have called it their, um, you know, like their sisterhood or their board of directors or mm -hmm. whatever. Sometimes you have, sometimes it includes your friends and family. Sometimes it includes, you know, co past coworkers sometimes. And then you have those, those hopefully experts that you're, that you're speaking with. So that's amazing. Have you done any mentoring for anybody yet? I, oh, it's so funny. My best quality is I can tell people what not to do. I love to shorten people's <laughs> learning curve because I love it when people shorten mine. And so at this point, I don't feel like I'm experienced enough or, you know, I've been fortunate. I've seen successes, but I haven't seen the huge successes that people think of when they think mentorship, but I sure love. So I do, I go back to a class, the entrepreneurship class at K-State every year oh, and I drive up there and I, I just, if they ask a question, I'll throw them a zip zip or throw them a Heartland Heritage hat and it's super lighthearted. And I try to just go in and give them the no BS version. I said, here's what, mm -hmm. here's what I wish I would have known that's not in your textbook. You need to be prepared for the emotional roller coaster. You better get yourself some emotional intelligence and get it quick if you think you want to do this. So giving that type of advice uh, has been so much fun. And I really want to continue to do more. Oh, I love that. Isn't that, doesn't that feel good? We, we've done some presentations in colleges and actually some high schools too, which we have to kind of take the beer mentality and like, we're not trying to like sell, you know, it's just the, it's like, you know, the entrepreneur classes, which is mm -hmm. cool that they have that in high school. Now I would have loved to have had that when I was in high school, but, you know, talking about like this could, this could be for, you know, if you want to start a t-shirt business or something, you know, something else, coffee or a restaurant, like trying to Trying to hone it. Of course, all the kids, their questions are like, how do you make beer? And how do you do it? It's like, oh, the teachers are like, oh, I hope this is approved by my principal. But it's so fun. I've done some stuff at Fort Hayes and Wichita State. Um, and that's just been, and I love speaking. I love being on campus. I love doing that kind of thing. So, and you definitely have a great story to be able to to share your knowledge. And that's just, that's just so cool. Um, okay. So I wanted to ask... Well, one of the questions that I was talking to you about earlier that I didn't send you the question, but we've been asking everyone um, recently what, how, what, how do you feel that you are a ceiling breaker? What have you done? And it could be some things you've already talked about. You've talked about a lot of things and your successes and just your, you know, dreaming big and, you know, setting, setting big goals. Um, but what, obviously we think you're a ceiling breaker for, for all of these things, but does anything stand out in your life? It doesn't have to have anything to do with your business. It could be personal, whatever that would make you a silly breaker. I would say that the, the dreaming big, um, aspect of it is definitely key. You know, I had, and then I would say ceiling breakers, the three traits I think I have that a ceiling breaker, any ceiling breaker really possesses are just the tenacity. And I'll go into that one. Um, loving what you do. What else was that? The third one. And just the grit, the, the not giving up. So I kind of got sidetracked. But going back to like the thinking big and the belief in yourself, I think any ceiling breaker more than anything believes in themselves. They think they're going to break that ceiling and so much so that they internalize it. And when you internalize it and you know that you are going to do big things, that's really what, what sets you apart. So like for me, there's just a couple examples, like the Chinese patent thing. When I filed the Chinese patent, I knew that was a good idea. It took me three years for somebody to tell me that wasn't stupid. I'm not ever going to enforce that patent. But when I go to get acquired or do something else, 
thinking five steps ahead. I knew that was in my gut. I knew that was a good play three years ago, but it's, you have to be able to hear like, oh, that was stupid. Oh, that was a waste of money. You can't let those things bother you. And when they, you know, if they do look at a different career or find a mentor or figure out how to get past that, because you're going to hear that all the time. And it's just, you have to have enough belief in yourself to get you through those moments. So I, yeah. I would say that's the most important one. Yeah. The tenacity is one thing, but, but to really have enough belief in yourself and to, to be able to trust your gut is, is just huge. For sure. Trusting your gut. Yeah. We all have that gut feeling. And I say that a lot. I say that to my customers. I say that to my staff, like when we're talking about new ideas or doing something or, you know, maybe bigger taking a risk or making a change. It's just like, well, what does your gut tell you? And I think a lot of times we, we try to keep that down or we try to ignore that. It's like a lot of times, I mean, we're, we all get scared. We all get nervous. And sometimes our gut feeling we have to move past it. But a lot of times that initial, like, you know, when yeah. things aren't right, you know, when things, you just have a good feeling about something. So I love that. So what would be your advice for, uh, we're here at Groover Labs at Startup Week, thinking about, you know, young entrepreneurs, especially women that, you know, want to do something different, like mm -hmm. you've done, want to, want to do a startup, want to, they want to take that leap. What would be your advice? Get emotionally prepared would be my biggest advice because there's nothing you can do. I say get prepared and I was like, well, there's nothing you can prepare <laughs> to, for that emotional roller coaster, for the ups and downs that are sometimes in the same day, you know, a day in the life of an entrepreneur and a business owner is never the same. There's always different fires to put out, different priorities that you need to handle. You're never going to feel like you're doing enough. Um, and be okay with not being great at one thing. Mm. I think there's really, yeah. you know, you're going to feel like you're failing, but your marketing, your sales, your IT, your everything, there's no true entrepreneur that's great at everything. So just be good and get it done. And then ride that emotional roller coaster because it is, it's probably the craziest ride out there for sure. Yes, I would agree. I know when we have to do wear all the hats and do all the things and it's okay. Sometimes, yeah. and sometimes things, you know, what they, what do they say? Sometimes you just have to get things done. Like perfectionists, a lot of us, it's like we. That's probably the hardest thing for me. Nitpick everything yeah. until it's like you just, sometimes things just have to be done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the emotional, the role, the, they, I think that's so overlooked. It's something that's never in a textbook. It's something that never gets talked about. Our jest of entrepreneurship, the wins and the losses are so extreme and so they come at you so fast. Yeah. And you can learn to even all that out and move forward and not dwell on things. Yes. Take things personally. Yes. That's oh, yeah. really hard. <laughs> so true. I take every Google review and <laughs> Facebook review personally. Yeah. That's, that's difficult, but oh, great lessons today. So thank you so much, Lacey, for joining yeah. us. Um, we, like I said, you've been on the list for a very long time. We've been watching you. And, oh, the other thing I was going to ask you was, uh, what, what made you want to stay, stay in your smallest town, stay in Kansas? I always want to know why, why do you, why stay? You could go anywhere, right? Yeah. And I, I get asked that a lot. I've been, you know, VCs have asked me that, like, why the heck do you want to stay there? Family, 
the people, the common sense. I love, you know, I'm, I've been on the road a lot lately. I'm going to be on the road a ton in October. But there's just something about coming back to the values of the Midwest, uh, the work ethic that drive my business. And it just feels like the right place to be. Love it. We're just home. We're home. I love it. All right. So everyone, I'll share the links um, on the podcast, but um, check out Rally House. We have some gnome stuff at Rally House. It's cool. Oh. They're doing a lot of local partnerships. It's a lot of fun, not just collegiate stuff, but all kinds of, of Kansas things. Um, but we'll share the links to OriginalZipSip.com, OriginalZipSip on um, Instagram. We'll be tagging uh, Lacey and uh, original zip zip on everything and um, just follow. We just can't wait to see what you do next Thanks. and um, hope everyone comes out to Groover Labs this week for startup week. It's free, um, but there's a lot of pitches going on. There's a lot of advice, a lot of things. So whether you've started a business or you're just, you know, on the fence about it or you haven't even, you know, you want to do something someday, but you don't even know what the idea is yet. It's a perfect time to come out. Um, check out Wichita Startup Week. Their website has all the details and all the sessions coming up all week. So we will catch everybody soon and be sure to follow us. Uh, we're not doing the Facebook uh, video this week. We're just doing the um, recorded podcast here. So you can find this here at Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to share, like, and review us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye.